Focus on Life. Hello and welcome to Lucas on Life. You're listening to Premier Christian Radio. I'm Jeff Lucas. There's been a lot of talk about it internationally in recent weeks, especially in the last few days. I'm talking about money in general and cryptocurrencies specifically. In just one day this last week, Bitcoin, the best known crypto, fell by 30% and then gained 30% back. China's been trying to ban it. Elon Musk, the founder of Tesla Motorcars, sends tweets about these currencies and when he's positive, they soar. When he casts doubts, they plummet. It's a roller coaster ride for the investor. Money. In a sense, it really does make the world go round because we all need it. Most people want some more of it. Some crave more of it. And some battle envy when others have a bigger pot of cash than they do. But when it comes to money, some of us go silent, feeling perhaps that it's not quite polite to talk about it. And that silence can seep into the church as well. But consider this. In the Bible, there are around 2,350 verses talking about handling money and possessions compared to around 500 each on prayer and faith. In the church, not only do we sometimes go silent about money, resenting the Christian leader who teaches about it, oh yeah, the church is after my money again, but sometimes we get confused as well by bad teaching as TV evangelists hawk crazy notions about how to get health and wealth. Not only are they wrong, but they sell a delusion about what true prosperity is. So let's agree that money creates many challenges but money's not actually the problem. The problem is us. According to the Bible, money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money that is. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to turn to the book of Proverbs to glean some ancient wisdom about cash, dosh, quids and cryptos. This week, it's Lucas on money. Money. Now that's what we're talking about and we're mining in the book of Proverbs for some wisdom about how we should use money lest money starts to use and control us. Think about this. There is only one prayer in the whole book of Proverbs in the Old Testament and it's about money. Proverbs 30 verse 7. Two things I ask of you. Deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and still and profane the name of my God. It's a really powerful prayer that is asking not only for enough, but also for contentment with enough. And then one of the very first principles about money that we find in the book of Proverbs is a very strong call to be generous because there's joy in giving, not only money, but of ourselves, our time, our talent, as well as our treasure. But there's also a joylessness about being stingy, tight, mean. In the message, Proverbs 11.24 says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. One example of that as well is found in that rather ancient word, miser. 
someone who is miserly. That word miser comes from the same root as another more familiar word, miserable. Simply put, misers are miserable. Do you remember that character, Ebenezer Scrooge from Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol? He epitomises meanness. He's cold-hearted, joyless, the sworn enemy of festive fun in general and Christmas in particular. He is emotionally frigid and he's a serial taker. Dickens dubs him as a squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner. But then the transformation in him as he moves away from being a miserable, tight person to someone who is generous, it's a transformation indeed. It's said of him, many laugh to see this alteration, but he let them laugh and little heeded them, for he knew that no good thing in this world ever happened at which some did not have their fill of laughter. His own heart laughed and that was quite enough for him. When we turn to scripture and we ask questions about money, we immediately discover that being generous is an incredible source of joy. When we treat money according to God's wisdom and ways, we live counterculturally. Romans 12 and verse 1 tells us to not be conformed to the pattern of the world. And while I'm not saying that there are no generous people outside of the church, that would be a ridiculous statement. The reality is that too often the world is a place of grabbing rather than giving. And when we live generously, the world can sit up and take notice. Have you ever wondered how the early church reached their world? They had no printing presses, no premier radio, no Christian TV. They had no buildings right at the beginning. They had no way to broadcast their message. One way in which they grabbed the attention of the culture around them was their practice of generosity. The early church was birthed in the Roman culture of liberates. Let me explain that. Liberates work really well if you were a person of means, and simply put, the code of practice went like this. You scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. I'll give to you because one day I'll call in the note, if you will, and you'll owe me. Giving back then was seen as investment, a tidy arrangement. That is, unless you were poor and had nothing to give. But those early Christians turned that idea upside down and they gave, not just to their own, but those outside of the Christian community. And they gave generously and sacrificially, not just of their resources, but of their lives, often staying behind in plague-infested cities to care for the sick and dying and losing their own lives in the process. No wonder they got the world's attention. Gordon MacDonald said, In a heartless world, the generosity and service of the first Christian generations was such a stunning contrast that people everywhere sat up and took notice. If we want the world to consider our message, giving of ourselves generously, including our financial resources, that is one way to model something that's very compelling. Proverbs 10, 22 says, The blessing of the Lord brings wealth, 
without painful toil for it. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that someone who is rich in cash is experiencing the blessing of God. Frankly, too much can be a curse. And of course, there are some who accumulate through evil means. Human trafficking is one example of that. But the reality is that for those of us who follow Jesus, ultimately, living by faith is not something that is just reserved for those who are in full-time ministry without any visible means of support. But living by faith is something that we all do as we realize that there may be certain crunch moments in our lives. I can remember that in my own experience, coming back from America to live in the UK without a full-time salary and actually living in that place for around 30 years, discovering the provision of God and his faithfulness. But let me return again to that previous thought. All of us, as followers of Jesus, acknowledge that God is our ultimate source, even if we get a regular salary or paycheck. And that means that ultimately, everything that we have is his too and should be made available at his disposal. As Howard Dayton has said, what I possess, God owns. In Christ alone, he is our source. We've realized that God is our ultimate source. We need money, but let's know the limitations of money because it can be the answer that fixes a lot of needs in the world, but there are other things that need to be greater priorities in our lives, like right relationships, for example. Proverbs 15 and verse 16, better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. And then wanting to put God as the most important factor, if I can describe him like that, in our lives. Proverbs 22 too, rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all, bringing us once again back to our source. Let's also realize that wealth in this world is temporary and we need to ask God to give us a sense of an eternal perspective. Proverbs 23, 4 and 5, do not wear yourself out to get rich. Do not trust your own cleverness. Cast but a glance at riches and they are gone, for they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. As we begin to conclude tonight, let's realize that there is a priceless treasure that we should give ourselves to mine, if I can put it like that. And that is the treasure of wisdom. Proverbs 8, 10 and 11 says, Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Yes, we need money, but money makes a very poor God for us to bow before and serve. Let's treat our money in a way that pleases God. See you next time. Lucas on Life.